This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about tahine. And this was suggested by listener Michelle. Tahine is a, uh, if you don't know, is a Mexican spice blend Mm -hmm. uh, that has become very popular. And I don't think I've ever tried it before. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my gosh. I've had things like it, which we'll get into. Oh, I thought for sure. I thought you had tried it. Nope. I, I bought it for the first time. Oh, this is so fun. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited to try it. I mean, I think it's definitely the kind of thing I like. Okay. Oh, this this is really fun. Okay. Well, I think the first time I tried it, I didn't really know what it was. I think the first time I had it was maybe like on the rim of a cocktail glass yep. or something, you know? I remember, I think the first time that I really understood like the best use, I think, of, of tahini. I, I love it on fruit, yep. as do so many people. But I think the first time I encountered that was in Mexico. I think it was, it was in Oaxaca and there were vendors near the beach cutting up fruit, the most gorgeous pineapples and mangoes and serving them either with or without tahini on them. And I think there is something extra magical about having somebody else cut up the fruit and put tahini on it for you. Okay, well, we can do that for each other. For me, there's always like the sweet spot to hit of like just the right amount of tahini and somehow it feels easier to hit that spot when somebody else does it for me somehow. Okay, good. Like, I was going to ask you like uh, how much to use. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. There was a day last summer, you know, the crazy heat wave we had yes. in the Pacific Northwest. I did not like it. The heat dome. Yes. Well, we got together with some friends, our friend Joe, who was doing some work at our house for us. And we were all suffering through the heat together. And we were like, hey, let's all go to the beach. And so we went to the beach together, our families. And Joe is like the kind of person who materializes delicious food like everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like you go for a hike with Joe and it turns out that he's brought like salami and some delicious cheese and a whole baguette and salted butter and an entire watermelon in his backpack. This is not an exaggeration. (laughs) And he sits down and prepares all this stuff. 
That all sounds great, except like bringing an entire watermelon on a I hike know. sounds punishing. No, he brought an entire watermelon and never complained. Okay. And then we all got to enjoy this delicious watermelon. But anyway, he showed up at the beach with a cooler uh, that he had marinated shrimp in to grill over like a, a like a little smoky or no, uh, smoky Joe, a smoky yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, uh-huh. like a tiny Weber kettle. Oh, and he was the inventor of smoke the smoky gel, right? <laughs> That's right. It's named for him. And he also showed up with ripe pineapples, mangoes, and maybe oranges too. Yeah. And then proceeded to sit there on the beach and cut up an entire bowl of this fruit without getting any sand in it, and put tahini on it and served us bowls of it. Wow. And I have never felt so cared for. He should he should have like just put up a sign that says like you know spicy fruit cocktail like. $8. Oh my god. I, I would have paid that and more. It was delightful. So I I researched this one despite the fact that I've never tasted it. The the reason like I kind of know that I'm going to like it is because and we've talked about this before. I've had something very similar in Thailand where there will be a fruit vendor on the street corner with a uh, with a plexiglass cart full of uh, tropical yep. fruits and uh, you always get a little bag of a mixture of chili powder, red chili powder, Salt and sugar to sprinkle on. Maybe mm. a little MSG also. I wouldn't be surprised. And so they don't sprinkle it on for you. So they, they, I'm trying to remember. I think usually you sprinkle it on yourself, but I do seem to remember that sometimes the fruit was already sprinkled. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure. Anyway, it's so, it was so good. And like really the only difference between that and tahine is that, uh, is that tahine has citric acid and dehydrated lime juice. Mm-hmm. So it, so it has a tartness to it. Okay. Hold on. We got to yeah. crack this open. Yeah, I, yeah. My mouth is watering. Okay. Bring that pineapple over here. Okay, wait, you, did you wait. cut it? Did you cut it smaller or did you keep it gigantic? I cut it smaller, but it's still big. Oh my God. Do you remember when you cut up watermelon for me? <laughs> In the worst possible that way. That was so crazy. I'm like the opposite of Joe. Like I'll, I'll I'll uh, produce a watermelon, but then <laughs> I'll ruin it for you. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with this. I this don't really know great. what to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we need more. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just got a little salt there at the end. We're just going to be eating. Mm-hmm. Mm. That time I tasted more like roasty chili. Yeah, I get why this is popular. Mm. Mm. Doesn't it just... Ooh. <laughs> I just got a really dried lemon or dried lime part. Doesn't it just make you salivate like crazy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Ah. Doesn't this just make mm-hmm. you want to like sit around with something really cold to drink? I feel like I'm at the beach. I do. I, the beach is in my mouth, but mm-hmm. it's not sandy. It's amazing. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be chewing more during this episode. Okay. But Tell me more let's, stuff. Let's talk about the history. Okay. So fruit with chili powder goes like back before recorded history. Almost really? certainly. Yes. Yeah. So the reason is we know that dried chilies go back to Az- Aztec civilization to at least 5000 BCE. Once a culture has chilies, you know, like chilies originated in Mesoamerica. But Once a culture has chilies, they have got it made. Kind of, because they'll put them on everything because they taste good with everything. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we have like archaeological proof that people were sprinkling chili powder on fruit, but because they had chili powder, you know, they would they could grind it any mortar and pestle, mm-hmm. um, and they had fruit, why wouldn't you have put them together? Yeah, why not? I so, mean, if people were eating artichokes, for God's sakes, 
they were putting chili on fruit. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention that the, the Chili's, Thai rather not the, chili. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's like a like a Frito pie, but instead of Fritos, it's, it's, it's mangoes. It's, it's pineapple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, dried dried pineapple, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot like Fritos minus the crunch. Mm. How is this different from like shichimi togarashi? Mm. I'm just going to chew for the rest of the episode. Okay. Um, have we have we talked? Yet about how I, I like bit my tongue in a painful way and then I keep doing it and like I think my tongue is going to hurt forever. This is the worst part of being a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the whole mouth design has to go. <laughs> like, we need to we need to like cyborg it up sooner than later. I want I want a metal tongue. Like well, a, also, what's the deal with, like, gums? Ugh. Well, yeah, they don't work. They don't work very well. They're constantly, like, receding or getting stuff trapped under them or bleeding. Yes, yeah. And, like, they're, like my, my dentist, like, always, always, like, you know, gives me a gum lecture. And, like, I don't want to get a lecture. No, no. We, what kind of lecture would you want if you had to have one, though? But I mean, like I, I, I enjoy like a like a physics lecture, or maybe like a lecture on different types of chilies. Mm-hmm. Oh, you asked about teaching me Togo. Yeah, give me a so, lecture. Yeah, so, so anyway, I'm loving everything about this except that it's irritating the the place where I bit my tongue. And like, what if this nightmare never ends? So, uh, Shichimi Togodashi, like, I think they are very similar products in that they are both chili powders that are intended for, like, as a sprinkle before serving. Okay. Um, they both have, like, a, a tart kind of citrusy element to mm-hmm. them because mm-hmm. uh, Shichimi Togodashi usually has, like, a little dried citrus peel. Yep. And Tahin has citric acid and dried lime juice. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the main difference is that Shichimi Togodashi has, like, a bunch of other spices in it, which Tahin doesn't. Correct. Uh, I said that like you had just answered the yeah, question okay, I'm correctly. Glad I, I'm glad I passed the pop quiz. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when was this? Like, when did this particular product come on the market? I'm sure that there have been many versions of tahini. I mean, you could approximate this with dried chilies, salt, uh, lime juice. Yeah. So it wasn't. It's not clear to me whether this was like you know, successful branding of a of an existing product or a new product idea. Like, it can't be that new because people were already doing it, like, in one way or another, certainly in Mexico. But Empresas Tajin brand was founded in 1985 in Zapopan, Jalisco, Mexico by Horacio Fernandez. And the signature product, and, like, one, one thing I like about Tajin is that the, the whole product line is very small. There's the original, which is what we have here. There's an habanero spicier one, which mm. I would have gotten if I had seen, but I didn't. Uh, there's a low-sodium version. And then there are a couple of, like, taco sauces made with kind of the same spice blend. I, I don't usually love low-sodium versions of things, but tahini is quite salty. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure and it would be good. I could see myself trying the low-sodium version. And the signature product started out as a sauce uh, made by Fernandez's grandmother, um, but he wanted to turn it into a sprinkle, or as Wikipedia would have it when I went down a real rabbit hole, a food powder. Ooh, a food powder. Powdery food. So, yes. So, uh, oh, spoiler alert. So I, I went onto the uh, Wikipedia page for food powder, and I just want to read the first sentence here. Food powder or powdery food is the most common format of dried solid food material that meets specific quality standards such as moisture content, particle size, and particular morphology. Wow. What does that mean? I do not know. I think it means hmm. like food powder is a powdery food substance. <laughs> and it meets quality standards. Yes. And tahini is named- Common. Yes. Common, specific 
Wait, what? Where? Oh, the, the most common format. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What are What are your three most f- favorite formats of uh, of the dried food solid food material? Oh, um, you know, it's not one of my favorites, but it is common for me is to encounter the powdery bit that's left at the bottom of a cereal bag. Mm-hmm. You know that there that's a food powder. A yeah, powdery food. Like- when I, I, I don't I want to sprinkle it on my fruit though. When I when I pour the last bowl of cereal and it's got a bunch of powder in it, I, I like have this thought process where I'm like, I don't really want that powder in my bowl, but also I'm too lazy to try and like centrifuge out the powder in any way. So I'm just gonna oh. pour the milk and deal with it, even though it's gonna turn known, into sludge. I have been known to pour it all into the bowl, then use my hands to extract the whole cereal bits, put them back in the bag dump out the powder and then put the cereal back in the bowl. That's kind of the process that I imagine and then just can't bring myself to do in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's involved. So Tahin is named for El Tahin, the World Heritage Site, and uh, Fernandez got the idea while uh, visiting the Heritage Site. And it arrived on the U.S. market in 1993, which I think is later than I would have guessed. That is later than I would have guessed. And has been popular ever since, but like uh, kind of hit a peak of popularity uh, in this decade, I think. I bet it was a real cult item for people to bring back from trips to Mexico before it was available here. In the summertime, there are always families at the beach, you know, whether Mexican or other Latin American families putting this on mangoes. And I remember as a kid, June was always, you know, noticing when somebody was eating a mango or food she wanted. And a family at Green Lake once gave her, like, you know, a whole, like, lobe of mango that they thankfully did not put tahini uh, in for her. But I think it's time she tried tahini. I think I think so. Yeah, no, I definitely that age, like, teen- teenager of the show, December, would have said, it's too spicy. It is so, it's almost unbelievably tangy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really not spicy at all. No, it is um so tangy. It's yeah. making my mouth explode. Yeah, no, and, and that's because, like... I, I think the the dried lime juice gives it a little flavor, but really, like you know, citric acid powder. Like, have you ever? Speaking of food powder, like, have you ever like collected the citric acid powder from the bottom of a bag of Sour Patch Kids and just kind of mainlined it? I haven't, but I used to suck on Sour Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. Now I just chew them, but I used to suck on them when they first came out. And as everyone knows, that is a surefire way to tongue injury. Mm-hmm. How do you eat Sour Patch Kids? Mm. And has it changed over time? I think I've also gone from suck to chew, like you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, like I guess that's how you know you become an adult. Yeah, is when you chew a sour patch kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you stop sucking. Yeah, it's you know you know you're a real grown up when you carry a, a big bag of sour patch kids around with you. <laughs> oh, that's how I. Uh, God, I became a grown up a long time ago. Oh, wh- when did you like? Because I think. I think I, I kind of went from suck to chew, like, within the last 10 years, maybe. Oh, no, no, no. I went from suck to chew easily 20 years ago. And, like, I think, like, my favorite Sour Patch Kids are the watermelon slices. I think I do still sometimes, like, suck all the sour powder off. And then mm-hmm. and then you've got, like, a smooth watermelon slice and then mm-hmm. chew it. Yeah, I should get some of those. Every now and then I will get the sour watermelon slices, but I, I get tired of them very quickly. So I prefer, like, a, a, a general... Extreme Sour Patch Kid. Gen- General Extreme. General Extreme. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sergeant yeah. Extreme. No, I think I think General Extreme like was teased in a in a post credit sequence scene uh, in the latest Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Other than putting tahine on fruit, what do you think you would do with tahine? And what do other people do with tahine that you were able to find out about okay. on the internet? So definitely it can be used to make Mexican street corn. Yes. Um, and I, I like have made Mexican street corn a bunch of times. I usually kind of make it from scratch, but like, you know, just taking some corn and putting some like butter or, or mayo on it and sprinkling tahine on it and maybe a little cheese. Mm. Like, I think, I think that would be fantastic. Popcorn. Popcorn. Yes. I, like, I am usually skeptical I, when someone says, like, you've got to try this food powder on popcorn. I'm going to try this because, like, now I've got this whole bottle and I know it's going to be good. I'm very curious, though, about the citric acid on popcorn. Like, we could pop some corn now. It would take, like, 12 minutes. Uh, that's a long time. <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, all right. What else? Uh, micheladas. So yes. Michelada is like a, a beer, beer and tomato juice cocktail, usually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've um, had them in Austin, Texas. And let's uh, like spicy. Um, I don't think I've ever had one. I, I feel like I need to try it in the right context. And Austin, Texas seems like the right place to do it. God, I really wish that we had somebody on this show who knew more about micheladas because I there. So they always come with a straw that's like coated in some sort of like chili paste right. stuff and, and like yeah maybe we, maybe we should do a show but like i, I but feel like i don't want my somebody who knows what yeah. they're talking about and hey call us <laughs> listen that, that was a different episode um so, yeah yeah no call call into our our new call-in segment which is called call us <laughs> let us know <laughs> we're not releasing the number you just have to know yeah are you an expert in micheladas did i say that right i think you, i think you did um yeah i kind of i want to try it like in a dive bar type of scenario hey next corporate retreat austin texas okay i've been i was just i was just talking about austin texas this morning really I, well i mean first of all i think about it all the time because of the movie disclosure you d wait that's i don't even i cannot keep straight which movie is which that we did oh of course for dire desires they all run together okay so Hold i mean first on, of all disclosure like, was that demi moore yep. and michael douglas that was yeah like definitely like the least sexy of i don't know nine and a half weeks was extremely unsexy in its own way because it was just upsetting i seem but, to recall that disclosure had like rapey elements yeah, and it's I mean it's, not, it's, it's a terrible movie, it, and like yeah. not even in a fun way for the most part. But the the thing that I did like about it so much, and like we'll never forget, is that um, Michael Douglas Douglas is like a successful software guy in Seattle, and uh, Demi Moore is trying to ruin him uh, so she can take over the company. And uh, the biggest threat that she levies against his him and his family is that they might be transferred to Austin. <laughs> and and uh, and his wife keeps saying, 
Austin, as if, as if, like, th- like they're being sent l- literally to hell, and, and it was so funny. Um, I love that this. Anyway, is what I've you never remember. been to Austin. I would really like to go. It's they. I know they have breakfast tacos and they have barbecue, and I'm sure they have micheladas and and music. And I, uh, they got stuff that I would enjoy. Okay, great. Um, okay, what else could we put tahini on? We could put it on cocktail rims. Mm-hmm. I saw someone suggest that you should sprinkle it on plain potato chips. And I was going to get some plain Lay's potato chips. But unfortunately, I went to I went to the Korean supermarket and they did not have any uh, like plain uh, American style potato chips. But now I've got this bottle of tahini. So I guess maybe we'll report on a future segment. You know, I wonder if you would want to buy like un- a low salted potato chips. Yeah, I mean, that's which... a good point because Lay's plain are very salty. Yeah, yeah. The uh... I, I think that I would be inclined to try this on an unsalted or low salt okay. potato chip because otherwise I think you, I think your face might explode. Yeah, I think you're right. Wow, this was fun and delicious, and we, uh, yeah, we breezed through this. Very summer appropriate. This is this is like a uh, you know twenty twenty eleven length of duration of spilled milk episode. Oh, how long is it going to be? Oh, like twenty two minutes. I love that this bottle says it's not a candy. Did you see that? No. Gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors added. This is not a candy. Now, that raises an interesting question, which is, if you had one of those Lick-A-Maid sticks Mm. and you licked it and stuck it in tahini, that would be good, right? Yes. That's the question. That's the question. Yes. You know know what? I think think they could, like, expand to, like, different chilies. I think that would be pretty cool. Like, because I know they they do have an habanero version, but there's like lots of dried chilies with different flavor profiles. And Mm -hmm. it might be like, you know, like a pasilla chili has has a very like kind of like dark chocolatey kind of flavor, which I think could be really good. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you can call the company. Maybe I could. Maybe maybe they have a call-in segment also. But weren't we just talking about how nice it is that they have such a like a, a trim, streamlined product line? Yeah, but I want to ruin that for them. Oh, okay, great, perfect. Okay, they're, they're definitely going to take my suggestions. Oh, they are. They are looking for a suggestion from a middle-aged white guy in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean that in a loving way. There are still places that have like a suggestion box, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to. Like, I don't want our show to have a suggestion box because I'm worried people would say things that weren't nice and I would be sad. But, like, I kind of, like, every time I I see a suggestion box, I want to, like, break into it and see what's going on in there. It would be like how they would put, uh, like, customer customer comments up on the the bulletin board in the back of uh, the 65th Street Whole Foods. And I used Mm. to love uh, Mm -hmm. reading them. I think I once put a customer request up on that bulletin board. I think I requested some kind of yogurt or something. (laughs) That seems right. Yeah. Did they get it? They did get it. It took a while. I think I requested it multiple times. When I when they first opened No, it was after they did like a revamp of the deli at the uh now defunct QFC on 15th. They they like brought in some new a bunch of more Boar's Head products. I was like, I wish they had pancetta at this store and like I drove the deli people nuts asking for pancetta <laughs> all the time and they did eventually get it. Wow. But like I didn't, I didn't feel good about no. how many times I asked for it. And would you go up and ask for it, like, like cluelessly, like, "Hey, do you have any pancetta?" And I would then do next that. week, "Hey, do you have any and pancetta?" And I would also like call and talk to a manager. Wow! Oh God! <laughs> wow, Matthew, you're that guy. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would say like, "Hi, I'm that guy. I live wow. down the street, and I'm entitled." 
Wow, I need my pancetta. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I think listeners would expect this of me, but not you. And I think they like after they indicated to me that they would get it, like then I kept I kept bugging them like, but when are you going to get it? Did you feel obligated to then like buy it every time you went in? No. Wow. But I mean, I think I think I would feel like I was being watched. I th- I think that <laughs> You know. Yeah, no, probably like as soon as I, my face appears on the closed circuit cameras, <laughs> like someone, like, so like there's Pancetta guy. Yep, yep. And like, what would they be watching for me to do? Oh, well, to buy the Pancetta. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I worked in a grocery store, there were definitely people I was looking out for, you know, who I, I like, I knew they always bought certain things. Like, like problematic people or just? No, no, not problematic people. Um, there was a guy, so I worked behind the prepared foods counter right. and we had like rotisserie chickens and like hot food, but there wasn't a hot bar that you could just serve yourself from. So people would come and get like, you know, roasted chicken thigh or something and rice and vegetables. And there would be people who would get the exact same thing every night. And so we would, you know, they sure. would come to be known by us as those people. There's Johnny chicken salad, <laughs> Johnny chicken salad or Robin Wright Penn, who wants her, her Mediterranean chicken salad only scooped from a certain part of the bowl. Oh, you mentioned this before, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, she's not Robin Wright Penn anymore, though. No. She's Robin Wright. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Robin Wright. But still the people's princess. Yes. Did we <laughs> did we say enough about tahine? <laughs> because I think we said very little. Well, I think we said that we love tahine. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a simple product. It's just like a tasty sprinkle. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone who doesn't agree with us in our love of tahine. Well, I mean, like. I don't know. Not everyone has to like the same things. But in this case, they, they do. They do. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, Matthew, is it time for segments? It is time for segments. Let's move on to Now But Wow. It's my week this week. And this week, I'm talking about something that's also mildly spicy. Okay. So this is a book called Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. It actually came out a while ago. It came out in early 2021. Okay. And I think I first learned of it, Matthew, because uh, we share a literary agent with the author. Oh. So our agent also represents Melinda Lowe. And Melinda Lowe has gone much further with her work than we have, Mm -hmm. Matthew. She won a National Book Award for this book. Okay. Last Night at the Telegraph Club. It is a YA novel. It's a historical novel about a 17-year-old Chinese-American girl named Lily Hu growing up in Chinatown in San Francisco in the 1950s. So this was at, you know, the beginning of McCarthyism, all of these uh, scares about communists in our midst, and um, obviously a tremendous amount of harassment of the Chinese Chinese-American population in in San Francisco and elsewhere. Um, So Lily is discovering in the midst of all of this political turmoil that she is a lesbian. And of course, America in 1954 uh, was not a safe place for two girls to fall in love, uh, regardless of their background or Mm -hmm. where they lived. Lily winds up, you know, having to negotiate both or, you know, figure out how to be who she is um, in the midst of a really difficult time for her family and a lot of other people. And uh, it's super fun. It's sexier than you would think. Okay. Like right off the bat, like you can tell that Lily is like really waking up sexually because pretty much in like 
every chapter, she is like noticing something. And so it's really fun, this tension that builds as both you and Lily are kind of figuring out who she is. And there's also a lot of great historical stuff, not just about San Francisco's Chinatown and what it might have been like to be a Chinese American in the 1950s, but also really great queer historical stuff, like kind of almost like a primer on like butch butch and femme culture, Okay, which now I think a lot of young queer people don't know much about. But it's it's in there. And and Melinda Lowe does a great job, too, at the back of the book of explaining some of the historical parts of it. So giving some context. Anyway, it's fantastic. It is so fun to read. It is sexy in like just the right amount for a YA novel. Okay. And it's great. This is so interesting to me because, um, first of all, now I definitely want to read this now. I haven't read the book. I think you stole our copy. I didn't steal um, it. Your wife gave it I to know. me. Um, but uh, there's so much overlap between the uh, this book and The uh, the Legend of Auntie Poe by Xing Yin Kor that I recommended a couple, oh, really? couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. you know, the, the main character in both is a is a queer Chinese-American girl. Okay. Um, and, uh, like, it's different different historical periods, but uh, both set in California, mm-hmm. I think, um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, treating definitely many of the same issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to like read this comparatively and for itself. Well, I have to admit that, so I'm I'm one of those people who, like, I'm usually very disciplined about like not reading ahead in a book, but I was so- Reading in- ahead of what? Well, like reading ahead, like looking for sex oh, scenes or, you know how some people start by reading the last page. Do people really do I that? I do think there are some people out there who do it. I think my spouse does it sometimes. Okay. I, I can't believe it, but I think they do. I was so enjoying like the little like buildup as Lily is realizing things about what turns her on. I totally skipped ahead and found the sex scenes. Nice. And it was fun. <laughs> Okay. I do. I do. I do enjoy that. Yeah. Okay. Our producer is Abby Circatella. And you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find other Spilled Milk listeners. Uh, they might find you on Reddit.com. <laughs> wow. Look out. <laughs> Reddit.com slash R slash Everything Spilled Milk. It's just a nice place to talk to other people about the show. And, uh, well, thanks to wife of the show, Lori, for passing on her copy of Last Night at the Telegraph Club. Yeah, that's fine. I'll get the ebook anyway. No, no, it's cool. I'll pass it back to you when I'm done. I'm blazing through it. Okay. Um, and until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We're, so- we're sprinkling spicy stuff on... <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere. We're sprinkling citric acid on, in your okay. ear balls. In your ear balls? <laughs> what are ear balls? Do I have them? I'm trying to think of something. <laughs> I, I, I really. <laughs> <laughs> recently, you try to puzzle this out. Recently, it's great. we were playing the game Catchphrase. Have you, have you, you played Catchphrase with us, right? Mm, maybe a long time ago. It's like it's a game that beeps a lot, where you try and like get someone, your teammate, to to like say a thing, but you can't say the thing. Mm. Anyway, like the the thing there that I was supposed to get someone to say was earlobe, and uh, <laughs> and I was just like, you know, this thing, this thing, just like pointing my ear earlobe, and like the word earlobe just like flew out of their brain, and they were like, oh no. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm here on planet Earth without a word yes. for this thing. Like, I carry these things around all the time, and suddenly I have no idea what they're called. And as soon as this game is over, I'll remember. But for now, <laughs> you're out of luck, buddy. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. Whoops, I burped. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.